Okay, the uh, talk today is about um, our birthright or our inheritance and um, truly understand, um, I mean, everyone's going to get an inheritance one day. We're all born uh, into a family. You've got a mother or a father, hopefully, and uh, somewhere along the way there as you get older and uh, time passes on, uh, your birth parents pass on and they leave you behind an inheritance. They leave you behind, hopefully, something that you can take with you so that you can leave on for an inheritance to your kids and and so it goes that you can leave something on and um, of course the Bible um, puts this firmly into place it did something for Abraham when God says I am God I change not he, he really means it because he gave an inheritance and a birthright blessing to a fellow called Abraham he was the first one to get it and uh, we're going to see that uh, through that it even flows through to this very day, in fact, beyond, beyond this day and for more thousands of years more, that that blessing that God put into place is still going to be there. So we're going to have a quick look at... Um, I'm just going to read through a few scriptures for you just to explain um, the birthright and the blessing, how it gets passed on from generation to generation. So starting with Abram, it started off in Genesis chapter 12, verse 2 and 3, because Abraham was called a friend of God and... Uh, uh, he was obviously a very righteous man, a faithful man. He was mentioned in the book of uh, Hebrews 11 as the chapter of faith. And um, whatever it was, that the kind of person he was, he was very, very special to the Lord. And the Lord um, gave him this blessing in 12, Genesis 12, verse 2 and 3. It says, And I will make of thee a great nation, and will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. So that's uh, that was his inheritance that Abraham was going to leave for future generations. We read a little bit further on in Genesis 17, 5 and 6. We're not turning to these. If you want to write them down, you can. But um, I'm just going to call out a few so I can get through this first part a little bit quickly because it's uh, the main focus of my talk regardless. But I need to set the scene for you about what an inheritance is. Um, Genesis 17, verse 5 to 6 says, Neither shall thy name any more be called Abraham, but thy name shall be called Abraham. So he had a name change, even if it's just a few words on the end, letters on the end, you got a name change. For a father of many nations have I made thee, and I'll make thee exceedingly fruitful, and I'll make nations of thee, and kings shall come out of thee. So we see a little bit further on, the Lord upped the blessing and upped the inheritance, and he put in that he'd be very fruitful, and um, the kings are going to now come out of this guy's um, lineage. Um, of course, uh, Abraham, he lived and died, lived his life in the word of God, and he had a son called Isaac, and these blessings uh, were reiterated to Isaac. The important thing to remember is God um, gave the blessing here to Abraham, and it was God-given, So, um, and something God does doesn't get taken away. In, in um, Genesis 26, verse 2 to 4, And the Lord appeared unto him, meaning Isaac, and said, Go not down into Egypt, and dwell, uh, dwell in the land which I shall tell thee of. Sojourn in this land, and I will be with thee, and will bless thee for unto thee, and unto thy seed I will give all these countries and I will perform an oath which I swear unto Abraham thy father and I will multiply thy seed um, and I will make thy seed to multiply as the stars of heaven and I will give unto thy seed all these countries and in, and in thy seed shall all nations of the earth be blessed. So we see another upping of the inheritance where all nations now of the earth are going to be blessed through this uh, blessing given to Abraham and then reiterated to Isaac through by God, okay? Always by God. It's important that you need to know that God reiterated these blessings to these men. Of course, 
once again, it was reiterated to Jacob, who was uh, Jacob Esau, were the twin sons of Isaac, um, to Rebekah. These were passed on, and we see that um, Jacob had a dream. And in Genesis 28:14, God said to him in a dream, well, he didn't say, well, it was a dream that he dreamt, but he dreamt that God said this to him. And, and thy seed shall be as the dust of the earth, and thou shalt spread abroad to the west, to the east, to the north, and to the south, and in thee and in all thy, and in all thy seed shall all families of the earth be blessed. So now we've gone east, west, north, and south, so we're covering the planet now, and the blessing has just gone, it's gone global. Um, <clears throat> so this blessing is still around today. The Bible tells us this blessing is still in force today, and um, in fact it says it would go on forever in another scripture. So forever means forever in my book. But now we got this in a dream, but in Genesis 35 verse 11 we also read, uh, verse, Genesis 35 verse 10 11, God said unto him, Thy name is Jacob, thy name shall not be called, shall not be called any more Jacob, but Israel shall be thy name. And he called his name Israel. And God said unto him, I am God Almighty, be fruitful and multiply, a nation and a company of nations shall be of thee, and kings shall come out of thy loins. So um, here it was reiterated again that kings were going to come out of it, and much blessing to all the nations of the world. So the blessing went on to Abraham. There was only one more, this blessing was passed on once more to two more boys, and then it more or less ended. It wasn't passed on through God anymore. It was a Became a earthly, it became a uh, like an earthly promise, and it also became a d- divine promise. So it turned, it went spiritual, and it also went earthly. It did both in the in the process. But we see here that Jacob um, got a name change to Israel. Jacob had a problem with his name. The, the name means supplanter, and um, Jacob supplanted his brother Esau twice because he um, he got Jacob to sell, he got Esau to sell his birthright. When he was hungry, he said, give me your birthright. Because Esau came out first of the twins. He was the firstborn. He had the inheritance and he had the birthright. But Jacob wanted it. He wanted it so bad, he was going to get it any way he possibly could. So he took hold of it and um, Esau sold him the birthright and that was that. Of course, later on, it still wasn't good enough because there still had to be the blessing passed down from Isaac, his father. And he dressed up and he put fur on his body because Esau was hairy and Jacob wasn't apparently so hairy and he dressed up and his his son Isaac, his father Isaac was almost blind and he went into Isaac dressed up, um, prompted by his mother to go in and um, fool their father and his father asked him twice, he says, are you Esau my son? And Jacob lied twice and said, yes I am. And then he inherited the firstborn blessing. So Jacob had the firstborn blessing he got the birthright, he stole that years previously from Esau and then he got the blessing from his father Isaac. But it still wasn't good enough because we read, I read out of Genesis 35 there where God said be fruitful and multiply but three chapters earlier in Genesis 32 verse 28 this is where Jacob strove with the angel slash man the Bible says and he strove with him for a blessing <coughs> and the blessing was not some, you know, live long and prosper blessing. The blessing was the blessing that was given to Abraham and was given to Isaac because Jacob knew full well that God was the one who gave the blessing, gave it to them verbally, they heard it. However however it was done, that's how it happened. Jacob never got it. He got it in a dream and he dreamt it, but he never got it directly from God. 
So when he had his opportunity and he, he fought that angel there and he wouldn't let go, he said, I will not let you go until you give me the blessing. And, and as I said, it wasn't just any blessing. It was the blessing passed on to Abraham and to Isaac because he knew he'd gotten the blessing by supplanting. He had set it up and he knew that it was mischievous. He, he got it through, through mischievous means. And um, he, he wanted to hear it from God's own mouth because if God confirmed it, then it was true. And, um, of course, he fought him all night. The angel put his hip out of joint. And eventually he said, the, the, um, the person who he fought, he said, who am I fighting? He said, give me your name. And it more or less hints that God himself was the one he was fighting. And God said, you know, he said, okay, I will give you the blessing. And it doesn't give us the detail, but it gives it to us here three verses later, three chapters later. Be fruitful and multiply. A company of nations shall come out of thee, and kings shall come out of thy loins. That was the blessing that he got from the angel and he heard it from God's mouth and then he was satisfied and God said, your name's no longer Jacob, the supplanter, your name is now Israel. He needed a name change because the one he had was incorrect for who he was because now he got the blessing directly from God himself. Abraham got the blessing from God himself. He needed a name change. Sarah got a name change. People got name changes when this blessing came down through time and uh, I know you're thinking Isaac didn't get one and I'm going to explain why Isaac didn't shortly. But to look at this, so I know some of you now are thinking, particularly perhaps some of the youngies, going, why is he gabbling on about this birthright stuff? Abraham, blah, 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 4,000 years ago, what's the point of it all? Because the bottom line is, it's your birthright today. In 2010, it's the same one. If you had a rich old uncle that you didn't know about, wouldn't you like to get a letter from some solicitor? down in Melbourne saying, oh, you need to come to the reading of a will because you've got a very wealthy uncle that's left you a couple of billion dollars. That'd be a nice letter to get, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it? He's left you an inheritance. This is the inheritance that God has left his people. And it went spiritual, but it also went earthly. It, it, took, two, it took two sides, but we're going to see the spiritual side of it because the New Testament is full of this blessing. So we need to understand that this blessing that was passed down through Abraham, Isaac and Jacob and they needed name changes along the way um, is the same and very same blessing that we're going to get when we rise to meet the Lord in the air. And we're all, and right now we're benefiting from the earthly blessings of that because we live in wonderful countries where we have plenty of food, food to waste. How much food do we throw out now of our refrigerators every week after we do the shopping that just goes off when there's two-thirds of the rest of the world eat everything? that's in their fridge and they don't have enough. So we're living off the back of those blessings today, which we will see when the last of those blessings was passed on to Ephraim and Manasseh. <coughs> of course, Jacob, had he have known, um, or spoken to his mother perhaps a bit more, Rebecca, in Genesis 25, long before he had to steal the blessing and lie and cheat his way to get it um, from his brother Esau, in Genesis 25:23 it says, And the Lord said unto her, Rebekah, Isaac's wife, Two nations are in thy womb, and the, two, and the two manner of people shall be separated from thy bowels, and the one people shall be stronger than the other, and the elder shall serve the younger. It was always going to be that Esau was going to serve Jacob. And if Jacob never bothered to supplant those few times, then it would have happened anyway. God would have found a way to make these things happen, but as it was, it turned out by providence, this is the way it happened and this is the way the God, word of God writes it, but for our benefit, because we can look back now and see 
why names were changed, why the blessing was carried on and why things happened the way they did. Just read out in First Chronicles 5, uh, chapter 5, verse 1 to 2. It says, now Reuben was the firstborn of Jacob and he should have got the, the firstborn blessing and the inheritance. But it tells us, now the sons of Reuben, the firstborn of Israel, for he was the firstborn, but for as much as he defied his father's bed, his birthright was given unto the sons of Joseph, the son of Israel. And the genealogy is not to be reckoned after the birthright. So it's telling us that it went on to um, uh, Joseph and his sons. It got skipped, skipped Reuben and went to Joseph and his sons. For Judah prevailed above his brethren and of him came the chief ruler, meaning Jesus, the Messiah, via all the kings of Israel, because there's another prophecy that says the scepter will not depart from Judah, meaning the royal line and the, and, the, and the priesthood will not depart from Judah. But the birthright, it says, was always Joseph's, which was this great blessing that was handed down with the, with the scepter, the kingly stuff, separate. And that's why the Lord Jesus had to come through. The king would rule and reign, had to come down through the Judah line and because that was a part of the blessing. Judah had that part of the blessing. But the birthright was Joseph's. Um, Psalm 105 and verse 6. I'll get you to turn there. We'll read a couple of scriptures. Psalm 105 and verse 6 to 10. And we see here that the covenant blessing is still in force today. O ye seed of Abraham, his servant, ye children of Jacob, his chosen, he is the Lord, our God, his judgments are in all the earth. He hath remembered his covenant forever, the word which he commanded to a thousand generations. Now, um, I did a quick sum there. If I take a generation as 40 years, which I think was being generous, that will give you 40,000 years. And um, so that means we've got 30, 35,000 years to go before, if this is actually correct on the money, we've got 35,000 years more to go before this covenant's gone. So we've got a way to go yet. So with the covenant which he commanded for a thousand generations, which covenant he made with Abraham, same one, and his oath unto Isaac, the same blessing we've been reading about, the birthright blessing, and confirmed the same unto Jacob. And it says it was for a law. This was put into law, which means that's it. It's a done deal, it's put into law, that's the way it works. And to Israel for an everlasting covenant. So it actually tells us it was going to go on and on and on. And it will go on and on and on through the sons and daughters of the living God when our Lord Jesus Christ returns and we rise to meet him in the air. And that this, the, full, the full impact of what God did with Abraham will become known to us. We know a lot of it now through, through um, the British Israel message and the Anglo-Saxon Celtic peoples. The Bible said that it would be known by the, the, the Israel, the ten tribes of Israel were taken captive by Assyria in about 721 BC and they were never seen of again, a couple of million people plus. Never seen of again, never heard from again, but history records that they travelled up through the Caucasian mountains from where you get the word of Caucasian origin, which means white person, white, white-skinned, and they went through the Caucasian mountains and they travelled up. The Bible actually even says that God stilled the river Euphrates so they could travel up it and, and get further than anybody else so they could get up into the unmanned parts of the world and they moved right up into the British Isles and settled up there and the Anglo-Saxons, the Jutes, the Celts, all of them, they were all of the same race, the same tongue, they all spoke the same language and history will tell you that they fought and they did all these things but I was looking at a documentary not long back and it said they were all trade, they did trade with each other, there were no wars, hardly any of them. There might have been skirmishes but they weren't fighting each other, they were trading with each other. They were all one race, they all spoke the same language, they all understood well and truly each other 
And these were the Saxons, or they we still call ourselves the Anglo-Saxon Celtic peoples of the world, which is the Commonwealth nations of England. And, and God said they would forget who they were and they would be called by another name, which were the sons of Isaac, Saxons. And that's why Isaac didn't get a name change because it's still in force today. His name is still in force today through you and I, who, who, uh, who, who may have that origin of blood that goes back to the Israel message. But that, of course, through Jesus Christ, um, got um, put away with because it turned, it went from earthly to spiritual. And we can get, anyone can get the birthright through the Son of Jesus Christ and be adopted into the house of Israel. As we will see, um, and not just through Jesus Christ because it happened in the Old Testament through the sons of Joseph. His two sons were half Egyptian. Okay, they were half Egyptian. They were, he married an Egyptian woman when he went down into Egypt and his two sons were, were half Hebrew, half Egyptian. And uh, Jacob adopted them in, which we will read. In, uh, we'll have a look in Genesis uh, 49 and verse 1. So getting adopted in is not new to the Lord. It was one of his practices. He was quite happy for people to proselyte into Israel, but to proselyte into Israel you had to drop all your gods, everything you did where you came from, and serve the living God, the God of Israel. And then you were proselyted in. Genesis 49 verse 1. And Jacob called unto his sons and gathered and said, Gather yourselves together that I may tell you that which shall befall you in the last days. Gather yourselves together and hear, ye sons of Jacob, and hear and hearken unto Israel, your father. And um, anyway, it goes on for the next 20 or so verses and it goes through all the sons of Israel. If you want to, I'm not going to read them now for lack of the time. But he gave them all an inheritance and a blessing. But we see that the main blessing which was carried on uh, was down in verse 22. We're going to skip all the blessings to the sons and there's a lot of significance in that. You can read all that at home. Joseph, in verse 22 of the same chapter, Joseph, he goes on about Joseph, he said, Joseph is a fruitful bough, even a fruitful bough by a well, whose branches ran over the wall. The archers have sorely grieved him and shot at him and hated him, but his bows shall abide in strength, and the arms of his hands were made strong by the hands of the mighty God of Jacob. From thence is the shepherd, the stone of Israel. Even by God of the Father, of thy Father, who shall help thee, and by the Almighty and by the Almighty, who shall bless thee with blessings of heaven above, blessings of the deep life under, blessings of the breast and of the womb. The blessings of thy father have prevailed above the blessings of my progenitors. And that's a progenitor is a biologically related ancestor, a predecessor, talking about Abraham, Isaac, beforehand, and a person or a thing that first indicates the direction from which it originated. And the blessing originated with Abraham and it worked its way through. And to the uttermost, uh, and unto the uttermost bound of the everlasting hills, they shall be. These are the blessings that were passed down. Uh, the progenitors was passed down. They shall be on the head of Joseph, and on the crown of the head of him that was separate from his brethren. Separate from his brethren. Talking about Joseph, how he was separated. And we go down to verse 33. And when Jacob had made an end of commanding his sons. He gathered up his feet into the bed and yielded up the ghost and was gathered unto his people. So here we see that Joseph was going to be this fruitful bough. Um, he was going to be at war a lot. The archers were going to be constantly grieving him. And so he was going to be, uh, um, he was going to have a few problems in that area, but he was going to be fruitful, uh, uh fruitful in the, uh, in the womb, which, which was going to make a huge population. 
as well. And um, we read on and we see that Ephraim and Manasseh through, through Ephraim with the Commonwealth of Nations, which was the sun never set on the Commonwealth in its heyday back in the uh, 1800s, and it was millions of people. And then, of course, that went on through Ephraim, which is um, through Manasseh, which is America, which is the third most populated place on the planet. So the blessing certainly went on through those two, through the seed of Joseph, through Ephraim and Manasseh, his twin boys. Now, we're going to go back a couple of chapters to uh, one chapter, chapter 48 now, and we're going to, um, just before Abraham died, we're going to see the separate blessing that he gave Joseph's two sons. And this is where the uh, blessing, the, third, the blessing of the passing on kind of ended. But we'll read that it didn't later. The blessings and the birthright passed on through Joseph's sons. Genesis 48 verses, verse 1. It came to pass after these things that some, one told Joseph, Behold, thy father is sick, meaning Jacob, and he took with him his two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim. And one told Jacob and said, Behold, thy son Joseph cometh unto thee. And Israel strengthened himself and sat, sat up in the bed. Um, he, was, he was at the point of dying here. He was very close to dying, as we saw in the next chapter. Um, and he strengthened himself because he knew what he had to do. He knew he had to pass on the birthright blessing. That was his job. It had to happen. So he strengthened himself, sat up in bed and waited for Joseph to bring the two sons. And, Joseph said unto, and Jacob said unto Joseph, God Almighty appeared unto me at Luz in the land of Canaan and blessed me uh, and said unto me in verse 4, Behold, I'll make thee fruitful and multiply thee and I'll make uh, of thee a, a multitude of people and will give this land to thy seed after thee for an everlasting possession. And now thy two sons Ephraim and Manasseh which were born unto thee in the land of Egypt before I came unto thee in Egypt, are mine. Our mine as Reuben and Simeon, they shall be mine. So Jacob, you see here, Israel adopted them in and brought them in to the twelve tribes and, and, uh, and adopted them in there. In verse 8, And Israel beheld Joseph's sons and said, Who are these? And Joseph said unto his father, These are my sons whom God hath given me in this place. And he said, And he said, Bring them, I pray thee, unto me, and I will bless them. So now here was the blessing that had to be passed on. Now the eyes of Israel were dim for age so that he could not see and he brought them near unto him and he kissed them and embraced them. And Israel said unto Joseph, I had not thought to see thy face and lo, God hath showed me also thy seed. So he thought when um, Joseph was sold into slavery into Egypt, he thought that was the end of him ever seeing him. But of course it wasn't. And Joseph in verse 13, oh, in verse 12, and Joseph brought them, Ephraim and Manasseh, out from between his knees, and he bowed himself with his face to the earth. And Joseph took them both, Ephraim in his right hand toward Israel's left hand, and Manasseh in his left hand toward Israel's right hand, and brought them near him. Now, the reason why Manasseh was on his left side is because that way um, Jacob, when he faced them, or Israel, when he faced them, his right hand would land on Manasseh's head. And his right hand, the right hand blessing was always the first blessing. So it had to go to the firstborn, which was Manasseh. Okay, that's why it tells us the detail of one was on the left-hand side and one was on the right-hand side. In verse 14, And Israel stretched out his hand, right hand and laid it upon Ephraim's head, who was the younger, and his left hand upon Manasseh's head, who of course was the older, guiding his hands wittingly, for Manasseh was the firstborn. And he blessed Joseph and said, God, before whom my fathers Abraham, Isaac and Isaac did walk, the God which fed me all my life long unto this day. And then he says in verse 16, 
the angel which redeemed me from evil. Now, this is the angel that he fought to get his name changed. This was the angel that he fought to get the blessing directly from God's mouth. And you need to have the blessing directly from God's mouth to carry on the, the firstborn blessing and to gain the inheritance, and which we will see when we get to the New Testament very soon, that we're going to see that that's got to continue. That name change has to go. Uh, and, and he fought, and he says, it redeemed him from evil. That day he was redeemed from evil because he got changed from being the supplanter to the one that strived with God. That was what Israel meant on that day. Um, the angel which redeemed me from evil, bless the lads and let my name be named upon them and the name of my fathers Abraham and Isaac, let them grow into a multitude in the midst of the earth. That was the natural blessing. That's what they grew into, a multitude into the midst of the earth, both these boys. And when Joseph saw that his father had laid his right hand uh, upon the head of Ephraim, it displeased him and he held his father's and he and he held up his father's hand to remove it from Ephraim's head unto Manasseh's head. And Joseph said unto his father, And Joseph said unto his father, Not so, my father, for this is the firstborn, put thy right hand upon his head. And his father refused and said, I know it, my son, I know it. He shall also become a people, and he also shall be great. This is talking about Manasseh or the United States of America as we know it as a great nation. But truly his younger brother shall be greater than he, and his seed shall become a multitude of nations. And that was Ephraim, the British Commonwealth of Nations. And he blessed them that day, saying, In thee shall Israel bless, saying, God, make thee as Ephraim and as Manasseh. And he said, Ephraim before Manasseh. So Ephraim got the firstborn blessing, and it got put upon him. And Israel said unto Joseph, Behold, I die, but God shall be with you and bring you again unto the land of your fathers. So Joseph's sons were given the blessing, it was passed on, and um, they were adopted into Israel. Okay, we're going to have a quick look at the New Testament now. We're going to, um, where we go? Uh, Galatians chapter 4. So the adoption took place way back with Joseph's sons. Now we don't read about the blessing being passed on anymore from one person to the next because that was, it was done there at Joseph's two sons, at the twins, Ephraim and Manasseh. Well, we can follow that through history. Um, now, in Romans 8.15 it says, For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. When we're filled with the Holy Ghost, when we receive the spirit, we have the spirit of adoption. God adopts us into his family. You heard about the born-again experience, we become born again. When you become born, when somebody bears children, who gets the naming rights? Father and the mother. They get to name them, just as when the blessings went on through the firstborn and got changed because Esau should have got it, but he didn't. Jacob did, needed a name change. Abraham got a name change. Sarah got a name change. And um, Jacob had to get his name changed to Israel. So names, they got renamed along the process because the blessing went on through the birth. Okay, And that's leading us into the New Testament. We're adopted. The Spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of of God, we become His sons and daughters through the infilling of the Spirit. Just as Joseph's sons had inherited the blessing through Joseph, we also inherit the blessing as the sons of God through the born-again experience with the of the Spirit and through Jesus Christ, through that blessing. The way was made possible. Now, um, you can't claim the blessing without the blessing being confirmed by God. 
This is why Jacob fought for the angel for the blessing because there's millions, I would say, of people out there in churches today claiming the covenant blessing, going, I'm a son of God, I'm filled with the Holy Ghost, got no idea how or why because then they don't have the evidence of that or the sign of receiving the Spirit. They don't have the evidence of speaking in tongues. They're not filled with the Holy Ghost. They claim it for themselves, but they're not filled with the Holy Ghost. They claim many, thousands, many claim to be Christians just because they have a simple belief that Jesus died for their sins and they love Jesus. That's, that's all good. Nothing wrong with that, but it's not worth a crumpet unless God confirms the blessing. Jacob knew it 4,000 years ago. That's why he fought the angel. That's why he had to get the name change. It had to happen. He had to get the blessing directly from God's mouth. The day you get filled with God's Holy Spirit, you get the blessing directly from God. The day you get filled with the Holy Ghost and you speak in tongues, you get born again. You get the blessing and you get a name change. I'm going to read that towards the end of this talk. You get a new name written down in glory. We sing it. It's not your name written down in glory. It's a new name for you written down in glory in heaven. It's not your name written down up there. It's not saying John Josky. It's not saying John Josky. He's got another name for me. God renamed me when I was born again. He renamed us all. We know what they are, but we know you get renamed because God doesn't change. He hasn't changed a thing since he gave the blessing to Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. It's the same process, the same thing. Your, your birthright inheritance must be given to you by God. And that's the infilling of the Holy Ghost. It's the only time you know. It's the only way you know in today's age. It's a spiritual birth and it's adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. It's the way it works. It's the way it's always worked. People out there that claim it, that don't fill with the Holy Ghost, are nothing but Jacobs, nothing but supplanters, nothing but taking the inheritance by mischievous means, by evil means, in Jacob's own words. That's what's important about the inheritances that are given to Jacob and Israel and Isaac and Jacob. Okay, we read on in Romans 8.29. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the angel of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. He's talking about the Lord Jesus was the firstborn amongst all the brethren. He paved the way. He went through first, through the infilling of the last. Even Jesus had to get baptised and filled with the, heart, with the Spirit. When the dove came down, the Spirit descending. There was a sign. It's no different today. God confirms the blessing with a sign. Colossians 1.18 says, And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence or be first. Galatians 4.28, which we're where we should be, and he's talking, this is a letter to the spirit-filled church. He says, now we, brethren, the spirit-filled church, sons and daughters of God, as Isaac was, are the children of promise. Spirit-filled people are the children of this promise and this incredible blessing. Um. There are parallels um, where I talked about um, Joseph. There's a parallel between we're entering in through Jesus, through the blessing, um, and we get adopted into Israel through Jesus and we receive the blessing and the inheritance. Same is with Joseph. That's why Joseph was the last one. Joseph's was, sons had to be adopted in to the blessing, into Israel, through, through Jacob Israel who did that. And, and that was the end of it because then it was a done deal. And it flowed on through those two boys, Ephraim and Manasseh. And the parallels are in Acts 7, 9 to 13. I, I'm just gonna, uh, I'll just read it out for time. But it says, And the patriarchs moved with envy, sold Joseph into Egypt, and God was with him. And we read in Matthew 27, 
talking about Jesus, for he, Pilate, knew that for envy they had delivered him, Jesus. So the motives were the same. Through envy, Joseph was sold. Through envy, Jesus was sold to go to the cross. Joseph was sold for 20 pieces of silver. Jesus was sold for 30 pieces of silver. Uh, Now came a great dearth over the land of Egypt and Canaan and great affliction and our fathers found no substance. Now from the sixth hour there was darkness over all the land until the ninth hour at the crucifixion in Matthew 27. And it says in, uh, still reading from uh, Acts 7, But when Jacob heard that there was corn in Egypt, he sent out, sent out our fathers first, and at the second time Joseph was made known to his brethren, and Joseph's kindred was made known unto Pharaoh. And in Luke 24, 16 it says, But their eyes were holden that they should not know him. But later Jesus Christ revealed himself to his disciples, as did Joseph did with his brethren when the time was right. Um, the blessing was passed on through the crossing of the arms and we get the blessing through the cross of Christ, through his sacrifice and what he did for us. I know it's a long shot, but I'm claiming it anyway. It's a good one. He crossed his arms to get the blessing. And through the cross of Christ, we get it. And the final one, uh, Joseph had a dream. And his dream was that all his brethren were bowing down to him in reverence. And, of course, in Philippians 2.10, uh, that at the same time, at the same time, at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow of things in heaven, things in earth, and things under the earth. Every knee will bow. There's our parallels between Joseph and Jesus. We come in through Joseph and Ephraim and Manasseh inherited the blessings the same way. Adopted in, the parallels are all there for us to read. In Hebrews 12. Um, we'll just have a quick look here. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. This whole chapter really is just addressing our walk in the Lord and uh, maintaining our walk and being strong. I'm just going to pick the eyes out of the, out of the verse. I did want to read the whole chapter for the lack of time. I'm not going to. I'm just going to pick out the bits that we want. Hebrews 12, verse 1. Wherefore, seeing we are also encompassed about with so great a cloud of witness, let, it, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily, easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne. And down in verse, um, uh, in verses uh, three to three to nine, it talks about being chastised by our Lord, and that it's actually a good thing to be chastised by the Lord. And if we are chastised by Him, and we take it on board, then we are indeed His sons. It says it actually says if we're chastised and we don't take it on board, it says we are as bastards to the Lord, and um, and we we're meant to be chastised. If something goes wrong and somebody talks to us well then take it that the Lord is asking you to do something. It's so easy today just to uh, switch churches, go somewhere else when something doesn't suit you or whatever, but the Bible tells us to stick it out, be chastised because that produces results and uh, good results as sons and and daughters of the living God. Our Heavenly Father indeed loves us. In verse 10, For they, our earthly fathers, uh, verily for a few few days chastise us after their own pleasure, but he, the Lord, our Heavenly Father, for our profit, that we might be partakers of his holiness or his great blessing that he's going to pass on to us via Abraham's blessing. Verse 14, Follow peace with all men and holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. Looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness spring up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. Lest there be any fornicator or profane person 
as Esau, for one morsel of meat, sold his birthright. birthright. Interesting to know that Esau is put into this chapter about walking in the Lord. Don't sell out your birthright because you've got one. When you're born again, you have a birthright and it's a huge blessing. That rich uncle that's leaving you billions of dollars is just sitting there waiting for you for the will to be read out. It will be read out at the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's all yours. Why give it up? It's there waiting for you to inherit a massive blessing. Interesting to note, Esau had a name change too. He got, his name got changed to Edom, which meant red earth. He never left planet earth. We're going to leave planet earth, folks. You don't sell out your birthright, you're going to get off planet earth. But Edom, Esau got changed to Edom, and that just means red earth. He never got his, his feet never lifted the ground, unfortunately, because he sold his birthright, he sold his inheritance, he sold his blessing. Verse 17, For you know how that afterward, when he would have inherited the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no place of repentance, though he sought it carefully with tears, it was too late for him to go back and get it. Um, verse 18, For ye are not come unto the mount that cannot be touched, and that burned with fire, nor unto blackness and darkness and tempest, um, and, the, and, uh, and the sound of a trumpet and the voice of words, which voice they heard and entreated that the word should not be spoken to them any more, for they could not endure that which was commanded. Um, and if so much as a beast to touch the mountain, it shall be stoned or thrust through with a, with a dart. It's talking about we have not come to this mountain. We can, uh, God is approachable. God is here to bless us. It's not like it was where they couldn't try and speak to him and approach him. Otherwise, it just, they couldn't encounter uh, a blessing with God directly um, through all the people of Israel. It was just handed down through one or two individuals. But here we can approach that mountain. Um, it says, And so terrible was the sight that Moses said, I exceedingly fear and quake. Verse 22, But ye are come unto, the, unto Mount Zion, and unto the holy city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an immemorial company of angels. And then it says, To the general assembly and church of the firstborn. This is who we are, the general assembly and church of the firstborn. We are the firstborn, the inheritors of the great blessing which are written in heaven. Our other name is written in heaven as the name changes keep continue to go on to this very day. And to God judge of all and to the spirits of just men made perfect. Um, in Isaiah 62 verse 2 to 4 it says as regards to there's a prophecy about new names it says and the Gentiles shall see thy righteousness looking way ahead to the time of our Lord and all kings shall glory, and all kings thy glory, and thou shalt be called by a new name, which the mouth of the Lord shall name. Just like Jacob, new name, one that's not tainted by this world, by our past, by our sin, uh, by our problems that we had, um, we get a new name. And it's not. And it's, it's like Israel, ruling and ruling and striving with our Lord. Um, thou shalt also be a crown of glory in the hand of God, in a royal diadem, and then it goes on and talks about Bula land, the wonderful Bula land, which is the rejoicing when our Lord returns. This is the prophecy of our future. In Revelation 3.12, it says, He that overcometh will I make a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go no more out, and I will write upon him the name of my God. And the name of the city of my God, which is New Jerusalem, which cometh down out of heaven from my God, and I will write upon him my new name. We have another name. 
and it's going to give us all the inheritances, all the blessings that God can possibly give us. We're going to have the full blessing. We're kings and priests. It says the blessings of the scepter and the blessings of the earthly blessings and all the, of the nations and the blessings of being fruitful and the posterity of the Lord Jesus and God will be thrown upon us at the time of our Lord Jesus Christ returns. We'll have it all along with our Lord Jesus. Joint heirs, ruling and reigning with Christ, the Bible says. It hasn't changed in 4,000 years and it won't change in the future. God does not change. I'm God, I change not. This is why it's all written down for us. This is why all these blessings were given to Abraham, Isaac and Jacob so we can look at it and go, this is talking about me in 2010. This is my inheritance. This is my calling. We have it. And and our job is just to get more people in, to adopt them in so they can get the inheritance and the blessing. Because by that inheritance shall all families of the earth be blessed through the blessing of Jesus Christ and the infilling of the Spirit. Truly indeed, all families of the earth have been blessed for we have fellowships all over the world. It's not about a bloodline of Israel anymore. It's about the spiritual Israel that are filled with God's Holy Spirit and the blessing has carried on from generation to generation, for a thousand generations and into the future. And we'll read one more scripture, I'll just read it. First Peter chapter 1, verse 3 and 4. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you. That's our blessing. Let's look forward to it. Amen.